to Calvary Chapel's Bible Prophecy Series. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista, along with Wet Minister for Lamb and Lime, Nathan Jones, which transmitting live from the Aventura Hollandale Station. Our lines will be open. Our local phone number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537. We would love for you to call in and be part of today's program. As we're going to talk about the various views in Ezekiel chapters 38 and chapters 39. But before we continue today's program, I want to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to, Pastor Vic. Thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time to share your word, to, to get in and study it and understand more about you and more about what you have planned for the future and how we fit in on that. And I do pray you'll bless everyone listening in for your honor and glory. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you tune into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about the various views of Ezekiel chapter 38 in eschatology, Bible prophecy. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. Also want to thank those of you that are tuning in live via tweet casting as well as live stream on twave.tv we thank you for praying also for our programs here such as the christing prophecy a bible program heard here on wednesdays at 10:30, as well as the calvary chapel bible prophecy school of ministry radio edition on tuesdays at 11 a.m and of course thank you for tuning in to this program here at 11 a.m on twave.org and on twave.tv we're excited to be here with you this morning, but I'm more excited because of the special guest that we have that is part of the program, which is Nathan Jones. Nathan, welcome to the program. Hey, brother. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Super excited to have you on. And we were talking a little bit earlier this morning about just the weather in general and how beautiful this new climate is as the seasons change. And things are awesome there as well, right, Nathan? The weather is nice in Texas. Well, for you in Miami and, and me here in Dallas, we only know two seasons, right? Uh, winter and summer. And <laughs> we're kind of at that brief little sliver of a phase here where we go from summer to winter. And, and in that brief phase, it's good weather, and that's where we are right now. Oh, that is awesome. And we are enjoying it the, the same here in Florida. And Nathan, as, as I normally like to ask you, just for someone maybe that's tuned in for the first time and they don't know much about your ministry, can you share with us a little bit about Lamb and Lion Ministry, maybe some contact information? Sure, sure. I am the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry proclaiming the soon return of Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus is coming soon, and that's what our mission since it was founded by Dr. David Reagan back in 1980. And uh, you can come and check us out at our website, lamblion.com. There you'll find a wealth of articles and social groups you can join and discuss. Our television show, which is broadcast on 17 networks across the world, Christ and Prophecy, 
And uh, come check us out, lamblions.com. Excellent. And for those of you that are watching live via twave.tv, you can see that also, all that information there on the screen as well. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones for sharing that with us. Nathan, we always have a great time in these programs uh, that we do. You've led us through a number of different uh, topics that we've covered, touching on signs of the end times. We talked about Jerusalem, the temple, just a whole number uh, of great uh, topics that have been a great encouragement to those tuning into the program. And then last week, we began to touch another subject matter which is that of the Ezekiel 38-39 battle or war. There's different views uh, regarding uh, when that event is going to take place. And you and I I agree that we're not going to be divided against certain things, right, Nathan? Exactly. Uh, Different people have different points of view when it comes to Bible prophecy, and that's fine. You know, we're all brothers in Christ, and we should get along. Now, if we had divisions over the essential doctrines of the Church, like like Jesus is both God and man, and that he was born of yes. a virgin, and he died on the cross for our sins and was resurrected. Those are the essential primary doctrines, and those we need to stick to our guns to. But, you know, when it comes to Bible prophecy, it's like a hundred-piece puzzle, and God's so far only given us 75 pieces. <laughs> we have to fill in the other 25 and, and get, the, get the view, and we can disagree on that. But as long as I believe that we stick to a literal interpretation of the Bible and let the Bible speak for itself, that we can come up with the best possible interpretation, but we, again, we won't know totally until these events play out, and then we go like, oh, yeah, that's what it meant, you know? <laughs> God will reveal it to us in his own timing. Absolutely, and Nathan, you're right. It is. It's a jigsaw puzzle, different topics, different themes, and uh, we have a lot of great teachers, though, out there to guide us and lead us, such as your ministry. Also, Dr. Reagan do a great job, but um, even then, there's Still different views and opinions by some, uh, but again, the, the main thing is that we, we do all agree on the foundational views, and then other things that vary, well, uh, we'll sometimes have to agree to disagree, right, Nathan? Exactly, exactly. You know, some people uh, draw the line in the sand and over every little topic in the Bible, and uh, that's, again, important for primary doctrine, but for Biblical interpretation about Bible prophecy, there is room for disagreement. Uh, I feel like I'm being set up, though, Pastor Vicar. Are you about to disagree with me on something? No, (laughs) not at all. You know, that's a good thing, Nathan, that Lamb and Lion Ministry actually lines up almost perfectly with our views in Calvary Chapel. I've always been impressed with Calvary Chapel's view on the end times and its teaching. Very few churches nowadays want to even broach the subject of Bible prophecy. They just think it's impractical, it has nothing to do for today, and yet it has everything to do with today. And I just love it that you're all as Calvary chapels get out there and, and preach the gospel, and the whole gospel. They don't leave yeah. Bible prophecy out. 31% of the Bible is Bible prophecy. You just can't leave it out. Absolutely, and that's why uh, it's really neat to be able to line up with, uh, with you and uh, Dr. Reagan and just our views. Uh, uh, They're so um, uh, similar with a, maybe some small little variations, but for the most part, it's really neat to be able to talk about also the subject matter in Ezekiel uh, chapter 38 and 39. We actually line up almost perfectly on that. But Nathan, maybe someone is new to the subject matter. What exactly is going on here in Ezekiel 38 and 39? And maybe you can take us back a few chapters prior to that and then move forward in talking to us about this matter. Certainly, certainly. Well, the prophet Ezekiel was about 2,600 years ago. He was during the time where the Jews were exiled out of the land of Israel and forced to live up in Babylon. 
<clears throat> and God gave Ezekiel some hope because he was running low on hope that Israel had a future. And yet God gave him a prophecy of what we read in chapter uh, 36 and 37 about Israel becoming a nation again. And not just one more time, but becoming a nation of their own a second time, a regathering a second time. So this was the first expulsion. And now we know back in 70 AD, the Romans ex- dispersed the Jews to the four corners of the earth. And so the Jews today can look back on that prophecy and they can see this, what's called this valley of dry bones. It's this, this vision that was given to Ezekiel by God that all these bones that had dried out and were dead in the middle of this valley were all of a sudden brought back together. They were, they were given life. They had, you know, the bones and the, were encompassed by the sinews and the tendons and the muscles and the skin, and a whole nation, which is called an army, comes back to life again. And we read about that, and it's about Israel becoming a nation again. And, and man, that is one of the most amazing prophecies in the Bible because we see it in our day that Israel, since 1948, has been a nation again. And after 1,900 years, it hasn't existed, and now it's back. And that sets us up for the discussion of Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, which is this tremendous battle against these different forces against Israel. And matter of fact, man, it is the most detailed end-time Bible prophecy in the entire Bible, even more than Armageddon. We have so many details, two whole chapters dedicated to describing this great war that Israel will have to face in the near future. That is excellent. And I love details, Nathan, because details really help us to put the puzzle together even better, right? Exactly. And, you know, Nathan, and that's why we we also find that for individuals that become eschatology, Bible prophecy students, there is so much in the Bible for them to be able to understand this. The thing is, Nathan, sometimes people think that they just can't put a grasp or they can't understand it, but that's not true, right? Yeah, that's because Bible prophecy is kind of littered throughout the Bible. You know, it's, you have to go in and you have to collect it. It's like going to the market and picking out <laughs> right. different vegetables and you put the vegetables together and a little meat and you, you, you cook it and you make a meal. And that's what you have to do with Bible prophecy. Uh, the prophecies are littered throughout the Bible. You have to collect them and organize them and see what the Bible is saying about them. And then you can kind of see what the, the end product will be, what the meal will be, so to speak. And that's what we do with Ezekiel 38 and 39. It, it sets us up to understand this, this a tremendous war that Israel is going to have to face once it's regathered as a nation again, which we are living right now in that time period. And so we're, we're actually, we're, as we discuss this, I think more will be revealed as we see different alliances in the world being formed that were never there before. Yes. That fills the prophecies of Ezekiel 38 39, which uh, I'm going to give it a title. I'm going to call it the Gog and Magog War. Now it's Gog and Magog War. We'll get into that, but if we want to give Ezekiel's prophecy in 38 and 39 a title, let's call it the Gog and Magog War. That is excellent, Nathan. And yes, I really appreciate that because what we're also trying to do is for anyone that's tuned in right now, and maybe you're new to this, there's ways that you can actually uh, learn for yourself uh, the events here, the surrounding uh, nations that compromise of these prophecies, and all that is what Nathan is going to share with us here regarding the God's uh, makeup war. Thank you, Nathan. Sure, sure. And Nathan, also, we know that um, Tim LaHaye, um, Jerry B. Jenkins, they wrote a great uh, uh, series of movies, uh, Left Behind. 
uh, movies, and also they, they uh, show these incredible um, pictures of the war that is going to be uh, taking place. Uh, but also uh, Tim LaHaye and also um, Mark Hitchcock and some others, when it comes to the Gog Mega War, uh, they see it a little differently uh, than, than how uh, we see it. Can you talk to us a little bit about the timing of that? Well, certainly. Uh, you know, it's hard to get into timing, though, without understanding what the war is exactly. There's different views on the timings. And, matter of fact, if folks want to go to our website at lamblion.com and go under publications and articles under the tribulation section, I have an article called Timing Gog and Magog, or just do a search, Timing, just put Gog in or something. The title will come up. And in there, I give you all the details about what the war is about, who the players are, and then the possible scenarios for timing, because a lot of people are trying to figure out when would this Gog and Magog war happen. Now, when we read Ezekiel, when you get up to chapter 36 and 37, we know that this chronologically has to be uh, after Israel's become a nation again. Because yes. you, know, you can't have all these nations attacking Israel if they don't exist. Exactly. <laughs> and Israel has not existed as a nation until 1948. So that is in fulfillment. Then, when you read after this, the chapters 40 through 48 in Ezekiel, it talks about the Millennial Kingdom, with Jesus ruling and reigning on this earth. He's defeated Satan, and it's a time of, of basic utopia on this planet. So we know then that the, the timing of this has to be after Israel is formed, but before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom on this earth. Now, Absolutely. That means then there's all sorts of timings involved in the last days. There's lots of other prophecies that talk about this end-of-the-world seven-year tribulation that's coming on the earth, right after the rapture of the church. And so a lot of people are trying to figure out, hmm, is this going to happen before the tribulation? Will it happen at the beginning of the tribulation, middle? How about the end of the tribulation? Is that possible? And so there's different scenarios that, that we can disagree on, and but we know definitely it has to happen, according to Ezekiel, after Israel has become a nation, but before Jesus returns. Absolutely. And Nathan, the Bible gives us wording such as the latter days, and people need to also uh, pay attention to that because that gives us hints and clues, right? Exactly. When, whenever the Bible says latter days or last days or end days, it's talking about the end of the church age, the end of the age just before Jesus comes back. And we know that our age will end with Jesus returning to rapture or take up those who believe in him as Savior up to heaven to spare them from his wrath, which will be poured out on the earth for seven years. And then at the end of those seven years, Jesus will return to this earth. We who have been raptured will follow him. He will defeat this one world leader called the Antichrist, his false prophet and Satan. He will restore the earth back to pristine condition, and he will rule and reign from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. And we know, again, like I said, timing-wise, that that happens after the tribulation. So when this great battle, this two chapters worth of information about this battle is coming, we know it has to happen somewhere between just before the beginning of the tribulation all the way to the end of the tribulation. Mm, excellent point. Excellent point, Nathan. And, of course, this is why we also want to encourage anyone that is tuned into the program right now, if they can get their Bibles and actually look at those passages in Ezekiel chapter uh, 38 and also chapter 39 so they can familiarize themselves as we talk about this incredible uh, event here in the book of Ezekiel. So thank you, Nathan. And go ahead, Nathan, continue to bring us forward. Okay, well... Uh I know you folks with Calvary Chapel, and I used to attend Calvary Chapel myself for quite a while. I like to go verse by verse. Is that how you'd like to do this? 
Hey, that will be great. Okay, yeah, I doubt we're going to get it all done today. There's a lot of meat to this topic, but we can begin. Let's do the setup. Let's take us to chapter 38 and start with verse 1. And this is what the Lord is saying to Ezekiel. Now the word of the Lord came to me, it's Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against them and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And I will turn you around, put hooks in your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are with them, and all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its troops, the house of Togarma from the far north, and all its troops, many people with you. So here we begin the story of how God is calling out this guy named Gog. Now, we don't know who Gog is. Uh, it could be a title of a leader. It could be a name of a person. It could be also a name of a demon. Uh, but anyway, God is calling this Gog out to lead a group of nations out to war. Now, these nations, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, Persia, Ethiopia, what in the world is, is God talking about <laughs> here? Uh, those are, of course, the names of these different areas uh, in relation to Israel back, you know, back in Ezekiel's time, 20, 2,600 years ago. So let me give you the modern translations of that, because these nations exist today. For one, Magog. When it talks about Magog, those are the ancient lands which we call the Stan countries today. That's Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, if I'm pronouncing those correctly. <laughs> those are all the Stan countries. So what was then called Magog today are those different nations. It talks about Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, and Bethtagarma. Now, those nations actually comprise today of what is modern-day Turkey. And it might also cover Azerbaijan and Armenia. But basically, those are the nations today that are combined under the banner of Turkey. It talks about Persia, which most people probably recognize as Iran. Iran is modern-day Persia. The Sudan, uh, Ethiopia is the Sudan. And uh, Put is what's called today Libya possibly also covering Algeria and Tunisia. So uh, the main player, though, is Rosh, this country called Rosh. Now, Rosh is an ancient term for the Scythians. The Scythians were the forerunners of what is today Russia. So it yeah. even sounds kind of similar, Rosh and Russia. So this Gog, this leader, is supposed to be the leader of Russia, and he puts together a coalition of nations, the Stan nations, Turkey, uh, Iran, Sudan, Libya, he puts all these nations together, and he comes to go to war. And that's how this chapter begins. Excellent. And Nathan, and this is why people that are familiar with the situation in Russia, people are familiar with these modern term names, and we already see things uh, lining up right before our eyes. Exactly. Matter of fact, uh, these nations, I mean, they are literally, they go all the way from Russia all the way down to as far as the Sudan. This is a massive amount of territory. And it covers nations that historically have had no political alliance whatsoever. But when this Gog and Magog war comes out that Ezekiel is going to tell us about, it talks about this alliance of nations that has never existed before. But it is interesting today, as you watch the news and follow the studies, how much Russia, since it can't go west into the European Union, it can't go south or east into China and Japan, it's forced to keep its eyes heading south. And it's been making all sorts of alliances with Iran and Turkey and uh, Syria. And uh, we see that uh, Russia has its eyes 
on the Middle Eastern oil. So it's interesting to to see these nations that have never had any allegiance before now starting to have allegiances. Exactly. And Nathan, you made a great point, and we see there's a lot of wealth in that area, the oil and everything else, so we see a, 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 an interest there. Yeah, Russia has a tremendous amount of natural gas. matter of fact, Europe is pretty much tied to Russia because of its natural gas, and it all flows through the Ukraine, so if anyone has to guess, Russia will more than likely take the Ukraine without really Europe doing much about it because they're dependent on Russia for their natural gas, but it's never been enough for Russia. Russia is it's just, I don't know, built in their DNA or something, but they want to conquer the world. They're just driven by it, and uh, they've tried a number of times, and it, we read about this future war where Russia will look down upon the the wealth of the natural wealth of the Middle East, and they'll want it. Particularly, and if we continue to read on, they they have something that they want. They, God says they have, have hooks in their mouth. They they want something from Israel, and it says, verse 7, Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be on guard for them. After many days you will be visited. In the latter years, in other words, the end times, right. you will come into land of those brought back from the sword, the Jewish people brought back from the world, and gathered from my many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many people with you. So here we are. We've got Russia leading a coalition of nations, which interestingly happen to be all tied together through Islamic roots now. Absolutely. They want to destroy a people who have been regathered back into the land that was desolate. Now, after 70 A.D., when the Romans attacked Israel, it took three years of them sieging Jerusalem before they finally destroyed it. And the Romans decimated the land in the process. They cleaned out all the trees, and they left Israel a total wasteland. And it remained a wasteland until the late 1800s when the Jews started going back. They took that desolate, destroyed land, and they started turning it into a garden again. I mean, I've been to Israel three times, and man, you can't believe what a, a garden that place is now compared to what it was just a hundred years ago. Nathan, I, ha I haven't made it there, but I've seen the pictures and I've seen the wonderful uh, um, materials that Dr. Reagan has put forth. They are lamb and lion, and it's absolutely amazing. It is. It, it's a, they've taken a, a desert wasteland and turned it into a tropical paradise, and there's flowers and fruit everywhere you go across Israel. And they have taken that desolate land and made it, brought it back again, just as Ezekiel prophesied. And it's also we prophesied that the people would be regathered back into the land again. And we're seeing the world's Jewry, or Jewish people, however you want to say it, coming back into Israel again and dwelling safely. That That's a kind of a prerequisite for yeah. God's Magog invasion. They have to feel that they're dwelling safely. Now, whether they're dwelling safely behind uh, their military, which they have one of the most powerful militaries in the world, Israel does, or they're dwelling safely because they've won a victory over their out. Um, uh, neighbors, their hostile neighbors, and what some assume is the Psalm 83 war, which is a, a war that some believe will be Israel conquering their neighbors and finally having peace from them. We're not sure, but we know that Israel has to be in a state of peace and safety before this invasion comes. Absolutely. And Nathan, and that's where we find that uh, some individuals have different views because uh, some put this war in the middle of the tribulation or sometimes there, but we notice that uh, Israel has to be in a place of peace. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, when we read about this, this nation, I'm going to call this an outer ring. 
because there's an inner ring of nations. You know, there's nations that directly border Israel, like Egypt, uh, Gaza, Syria, Jordan, Lebanon. All these nations are directly bordering Israel. But for some reason, they are not listed in this, this major, major prophecy. And so many believe that Psalm 83 solves that, that Israel at some point will have to subjugate the countries that surround them so that they stop being attacked from every single direction. Yes. And from there, then, this outer ring of Islamic nations come down to attack Israel. I think we're very close, actually, to seeing Israel finally having to do something about their neighbors. They come into Gaza or Lebanon now and then to put down uh, the, some attacks, but I think it will get so bad, as Psalm 83 says, that Israel will finally have to subjugate those nations. They'll be at a temporary time of peace, and that's when Russia will decide, hey, let's go down to the Middle East, Let's get the natural gas reserves. And then Israel, right. of course, has found a number of natural gas reserves, so they want the wealth of Israel as well. Absolutely. And Nathan, you know, it's like a bully. After a while, you have to say enough is enough, right? And we find all these nations have always been bullying. It's always the case, right, Nathan? It's like the little kid and the big bullying class, right? <laughs> but then finally, right. finally that kid says, you know what, I'm going to fight back, and that's what's happening with Israel, right? Israel is just a tiny country. It's only about the size of New Jersey. Can you imagine, you know, the entire might of North America attacking New Jersey? That's what it's like to be in Israel. It's a tiny little country with the might of the Arab world constantly threatening to wipe it off the map. And that's what life is like for them. Mm, absolutely. So, Nathan, I, I thank you so much because I hope that anyone that's been tuned in, twave.org, twave.tv here to the program, we pray that. Now you have a better understanding, at least as we begin to open up Ezekiel uh, chapter 38 and 39, the God Magog War. We want to encourage you also to continue to be good students of the Word of God. We know the Lord is coming soon. He can come at any moment. And all of what Nathan and I are talking about, these things, we can start seeing it right before our eyes. So the encouragement for you that are tuned in is make sure you keep your eyes on Jesus, that you have a relationship with him, that if he were to come today, that you will know without a shadow of a doubt that you will be going to heaven uh, with him. And while, Nathan, we've almost come into the close of the first segment of our program, and I want to thank you so much, man, for just opening up to us this incredible passage. Oh, it's a pleasure. Again, you wonderfully stated it so well that, you know, this is supposed to give us hope. We're seeing prophecies fulfilled. That means Jesus is coming back soon, and people need to understand how important that is to get their hearts and minds ready for him. Absolutely. And, of course, we want to encourage any of you that are tuned in to the program, even though we're coming to the end of the first segment of this program, you can always reach out to us, 305-992-9537 or 321 end time. Especially you, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you want to start that relationship, you can always get a hold of us, even if it's off air, and we would love to pray for you. Because the most important thing is that you know Jesus Christ personally. That's why myself and Nathan Jones are here doing these programs. It's not just about Bible prophecy, but it's about evangelism so that lost will be saved. So, Nathan, thank you so much for being part of this first segment of the program. Thank you for having me on, Pastor Rick. And for those of you, I want you to encourage you to continue to stay tuned as we will take a break and then continue with the second segment uh, of today's program. But again, our lines will remain open, 305 992 9537 or 321 and 
are listening to T-Wave, Calvary Chapel Spanish Radio. Welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Vic Batista along with Web Minister for Lamb and Lion, Nathan Jones. We're transmitting live from the Aventura Hollandale Station, and we want to encourage you to be part of the program. Our local phone number is 305-992-9537, 305-992-9537. Nine five three seven. Our lines will remain open. Feel free to call us or text in your question or your comments regarding today's program. Well, today's program is that of the dangers of Halloween. The dangers of Halloween. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I'd be happy to, Pastor Vic. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the love that you have given us. I pray that you'll open our eyes, give us your words so we may be discerning, that we might know how to live your will and also avoid the evil that's out there. We just thank you for your love and your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, you're tuning to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we talk about the dangers of Halloween. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN. 832. Also want to encourage you to stay tuned here to a new edition of the T-Wave family, which is T-Wave.tv as well as T-Wave.org. Tune in during the week for the incredible programs such as the Bible Prophecy Programs, the House of Prayer, 
the open mic and also the pastor's perspective. Hey, and on Fridays, why don't you tune in at 12 noon Eastern time as myself and my wife, we share that pastors and pastors' wives' perspective to encourage any pastors or leaders out there and also uh, their wives. So we would love for you to stay tuned for the program. And hey, if you find yourself in the area of the Aventura Hollandale area here this November 8th, we would encourage you to drop in and be part of our Pastors and Leaders Conference. This year it's going to be both Spanish and in English. So for those of you that are Spanish speakers as well as English speakers, we welcome you this year, November 8th, Saturday, to join us in the Pastors and Leaders Conference hosted by here by Calvary Chapel Aventura. And the theme will simply be watch, as we're called uh, to watch and also to be ready. So we'd love for you to drop in, and you can always find more information at 305-992-9537. But before we continue today's program, I'm going to welcome my special guest and good friend, Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry. Nathan, thank you for being part of the second segment of our program. It's an awesome privilege to have you on. Oh, brother, the privilege is all mine. I really enjoy just your enthusiasm for the Bible just always gets me so excited, and I'm sure everyone who listens in, too. Praise the Lord. And, Nathan, of course, if you don't mind, just briefly, if you can share your contact information in case someone was not tuned into the first segment of our program, maybe they can also learn more about Lamb and Lion Ministries. Well, Lamb and Lion Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Uh, our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ, and that's what we do. We tell people that Jesus is coming soon. Excuse me. We believe that the Bible is 31% of it. It's about prophecy, and many of it's about Jesus' second coming. And so we know that it's coming soon. So come to our website. It's lamblion.com. There you can read up on all sorts of studies on Bible prophecy. You can watch our television show, which is broadcast throughout the whole world, Christ and Prophecy. Join any of our social networks. Sign up for our newsletter, and and you can uh, learn more about God's prophetic word as well. Mm. Lamblion.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. And also for anyone that is tuned into the program, Nathan, I'm sure they can also have you over, right? You guys also share in a various Bible prophecy conference throughout the nation, right? Yeah, yeah. We are. Uh, we speak at various uh, conferences around not only the United States, but in other countries. And we also hold our own annual one. Uh, usually it falls in July, and uh, we hold major speakers come out and talk about different events and different topics related to Bible prophecy. Mm, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much, Nathan. Of course, for those of you that are tuned in, keep this incredible ministry in prayer. Nathan, you know, we are going to dive in into a subject matter that is very important, and that is uh, the dangers of, of Halloween. We know that that supposedly holiday is soon approaching, but it's incredible to me, uh, Nathan, how many people don't really understand what Halloween is all about. How many Christians are not really well-versed in understanding what actually happens uh, during Halloween. Oftentimes, people think that it's just an innocent um, holiday, an innocent celebration, but we would like to talk to those listening audience today, and especially you believers, really what Halloween uh, is all about. And Nathan, you and I both agree that this is not just an innocent uh, celebration of a holiday, right? Well, I think it's like many holidays, it's been hijacked. It yes. really just started out, not, I mean, not the case. It really started out, Halloween was All Saints 
Day, uh, or the Eve of All Saints Day, uh, All Hallows. It's also was called Solemnity of All Saints or Feast of All Saints. It was actually started by the, the Catholic Church and the Eastern Orthodox Church to honor the saints, to honor uh, those who are died who believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior. They would have all sorts of celebrations and uh, meals. There would also be certain fasts for meat. And they put candles on the graves of those who had died in Christ and remembered them. So it was a, it was a Christian, if you could say that for Catholicism, it was, about, it was a Christian celebration, and it was meant to be a time of remembering those who had died for their faith. But like anything, over the years and, and centuries, it started getting hijacked. Uh, yes. It started blending in different Celtic harvest festivals, uh, Gaelic Samhain, and other ones that had supposedly Christian roots, but really not. And, and so a lot of the Celtic mythology and all started coming into it. And so instead of being a time to remember the saints and those who have died in Christ and to celebrate, we turned it into a celebration of evil. It became not just... I'm sure there was always a dark part, you know, putting candles on graves, kind of, you know, spooky and evil, and and that was the case at the time. But unfortunately, the satanic churches and many other cults have hijacked this and turned it into a worship of evil. So it really depends on, on how you worship it, I believe. Yeah. Is, do, you, do you use it as a time to celebrate the Lord as it was intended, or does somebody use it to celebrate evil, or do some people just use it as a, a big party, which many people do. Uh, I, you know, it, it's how you interpret it. Nathan, that's a good point. I like the word that you've used, and it's hijacked. We find that there are certain holidays, man, they, they're being hijacked, right, Nathan? In, in, in certain ways, their original intent has changed, and what we see now definitely is not anything that lines up with the Bible or evangelical Christianity. And Nathan, you know, I love it because you made a good point. It's how we use it. Uh, Pastor Chuck Smith and Carol Matriciana, uh, which you, you know her very well. I know she's friends of the ministry. They, they did this incredible um, uh, movie video uh, called Pagan Invasion, and people can find that actually uh, on YouTube, and we are playing it right now via twave.tv for anyone that is actually watching. And Nathan, that is exactly like you mentioned, is that, you know, here we have... Uh, these celebrations, uh, some of them started with very good Christian origins, but all of a sudden, and I believe, Nathan, it's because we're living in the end, in the end times, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, anything that is Christian, Satan's going to try to water down. He's going to change the message. He's going to try to distract us. And, uh, of course, those who are non-Christians tend to want to celebrate holidays as well, you know? And so they, right. I remember a, a Hindu friend of mine who had a Christmas tree and celebrated Christmas, and you know, I remember as a kid asking him, why, why are you celebrating Christmas? You, you, you have like 300 million gods and all. Why? Well, because, you know, it's a holiday. We share gifts. You know, that's all it's about to me. And I think for different people, they see the holidays as, as different meanings. And unfortunately, it ends up getting pulled away from the Christian meaning and ends up getting put really in the secular, if not the pagan meaning. Yes, Nathan. And, of course, that's why we believe that we need to pray a lot during this uh supposed celebration. Uh, we personally, and I'm so glad, Nathan, that we can share our personal views on things here, right? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, nothing is set in stones, but we personally, we've chosen not to really entertain that day uh, because I'm, I'm originally from the Dominican Republic, Nathan, and uh, when we came to this country, uh, we started to uh, recognize a lot of things that we didn't celebrate in our country 
But of course, in our country, we did have a sort of celebration called the Lechones, which is similar to Halloween, where people would dress up with different masks. But in our country, Nathan, where I uh, uh, came from, uh, there was a lot of voodoo and a lot of witchcraft, uh, santeria involved in those practices, and they were very dark. So when we came to the United States of America, we noticed Halloween, and then we recognized that it was a similar type of celebration, but it was no longer an, an innocent thing. We began to see another dark side to it. Interesting. Well, I guess it really depends on the background. Then uh, I grew up in a totally Christian culture myself. I, there was uh, you know no voodoo or pagan elements like you <laughs> had to had to deal with. And uh, see, I, I grew up thinking it's my favorite time of year. It's not just because it's my birthday time of year, but my um, my anniversary time of year. Right. Well. <laughs> I love the the leaves. I love the pumpkin carving. I love the trick or treating. I enjoyed. My kids are too old now, as I learned this year, and they they definitely did not like going to a, uh, a fall festival. They were too old for all the games, so that's done. But, you know, I enjoyed taking my little kids out to fall festivals. It's yes. a, a wonder of this time of year. And to me, growing up, I didn't see the, the pagan elements. Certainly you read the news how the, you know, the Satanic Church is their biggest day of the year, and they love that, and there's a, definitely a darkness and evil. But, you know, Kurt Cameron, who's uh, been one of the – you know, I, I'm in the subject of Bible prophecy, and of course, he did the Left Behind movies, the original yes. three. And he came out with an article in the Christian Post recently that supported Halloween. And he, got, again, pointed back to All Hallows' Eve and how it was originally Christian, how they would wear costumes and masks to make fun of evil and say, you know, to show that Jesus had finally conquered evil on the cross. And that's how it started out with. And he makes the case that, well, we should embrace Halloween as a time for outreach. You know, we should have big block parties where we bring the kids in and we share the gospel with them and give them tracts and show them that Jesus defeated evil, and, and we should use that as Christians. And, you know, I, I kind of agree with them there. I, I don't think that it's a shame when Christians kind of circle the wagons and, you know, the kids have to stay inside and they don't do anything. This is an opportunity to share the gospel. Yes. Trump or treating and, and whatever the churches do, and there's a lot of great churches out there doing stuff like that, to use this as an opportunity to share Christ. Absolutely. And Nathan, actually, it is a great evangelistic opportunity. When I was serving in another ministry for uh, down in South Beach, uh, Florida, and I think you visited there with me once, right? <laughs> yes, man. Well, you were suffering for the Lord there, weren't you? <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> and actually, Nathan, uh, on Halloween, that's what our ministry would do. We would actually go out and evangelize uh, in those areas such as South Beach. And uh, I also, I agree with you. We do have to take certain things for the Lord. God has not given us a spirit of fear, you know, but a spirit of power and of might. And well, that's why I, I definitely look at it as an evangelistic opportunity. We're not supposed to hide behind closed doors. But also, if people don't want to celebrate it, they just want to uh, totally uh, uh, avoid it, we can certainly understand that as well. Uh, in my neighborhood, uh, uh, Nathan, and the surroundings, a lot of times what happens also is the people tend to celebrate things with, uh, with shooting. So they have a tendency to shoot. shoot. <laughs> you sure you don't live in Texas? No, exactly. So then what happens is there's also certain dangers associated with it as being out on the streets, you know? So that's also part of the reason why we're not necessarily always out because of flying bullets. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
that's a different side of Miami than uh, the South Beach side. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I see it as a time. Like Christians, we, we get so worried that we're going to mess up. You know, we get scared that we're our faith almost becomes workspace. I think it, for different Christians, they got to go back to Acts 15, where the church was trying to decide whether the people, the new Christian converts, needed to follow the Jewish law or not. You know, do, do we live under the Mosaic law with its 613 rules and regulations, or do we live under God's grace, where we can, where God believes that through the Holy Spirit in us, that we are spiritually mature enough to make good decisions? You know, they concluded that food sacrificed to idols was nothing, and the idol's nothing, it's nonsense, so you go ahead and you can eat food to it, but if that causes a stumbling block in your life, if your faith is really challenged by that, then don't. Don't eat it. And I think that applies to many areas in our life, like Halloween. Some people even have trouble with Easter and Christmas. If it's a stumbling block to you, yes. if you feel like you'll be pulled into something dark or evil, or you know, you just you want to live a certain way that pleases the Lord in your mind, then don't. Don't don't participate in Halloween. Don't Absolutely. Don't Christmas and Easter. But, and this is the point, is those people cannot then turn around and condemn other people and say, well, you Christians cannot celebrate Christmas and Easter and Halloween because I'm not. And that's not at all the case. I mean, you could read throughout the New Testament, especially like in Romans 8 and all, how through Jesus Christ, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Excellent and point. freed from that. So, if a Christian in good conscience wants to go out trick-or-treating, they don't have to feel like that they're worshiping the devil or evil or something. They're just having fun, and they're using it as an opportunity to share the gospel. But if somebody really feels burdened that they cannot, then they should not do it, too. But the one who does not cannot tell the one who does that they're wrong. Excellent point. Nathan, and you know, we uh, one of the, the things that you just mentioned is grace. And we cannot forget grace, right, in the midst of our celebration and everything else. And, and you're absolutely right. And that's why in terms of uh, being divided, I see that so much. Well, I don't do this because you do this and I don't do that. No. What is the Holy Spirit leading you to do? Hey, and if your brother likes to eat a burger but you don't, let him eat it, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I know a number of Catholics who celebrate Lent, you know, and they I guess they only eat fish and and that's it, and uh, don't eat meat for a certain amount of time. I, for one, have never practiced Lent. I, I just don't see it. I, I right, don't exactly. understand it. But they're doing it as an object of worship the Lord. I mean, we can choose to do fasting. We can do full fast of no food whatsoever. We can do just where we drink liquids or we, ab we abstain from just certain foods. But we do it because we serve the Lord. And see, that's the, the wonder of living under grace, because when you live under grace, Everything should be an object of worship to the Lord. It's not you have to do this and this and this and that and that and this. It's whatever you put your heart to serving the Lord. As long as it's not sin, then you are worshiping the Lord. And we live under that grace to worship the Lord every minute of every day and however pleases Him. Oh, that is very well put, Nathan. And that is the freedom that we have in Christ. That's why I love our outreach ministry called The Truth Will Set You Free. <laughs> yeah perfect title for your show because it is true the truth sets us free it sets us free not only from our own sin and our enslavement to it but to the idea of having to live under all these different rules and regulations now 
people got to remember that when the Mosaic Law was formed, the Jews had, the Hebrew people had just been taken out of Egypt. They'd live in paganism for 400 years. They didn't truly know God. And God, like little children, had to teach them, okay, don't do this and don't do that and do this and do that and do that and help them understand what it was to live and serve the Lord. But they only struggled with that because they never understood that it was really about a heart issue, about a relationship with the Lord. They would do stuff and say, well, I'm pleasing the Lord, but their hearts were far from him. Now, because of Jesus' death on the cross, we live under grace. And so it's not do this and do that. It's how our heart and how our relationship is with Jesus Christ. And that's more important than the do's and the don'ts. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Again, you're tuned into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we tackle the subject matter of the dangers of Halloween. And Nathan, you're absolutely right. I think, too, it's conviction. And one of the things that we encourage people is not to violate their conscience in terms of what the Holy Spirit has told them to do. But at the same time, we should not point our fingers, right, Nathan, at others for their choices in how they want to celebrate or do certain things. I think it has to become a personal conviction. And then, hey, follow that. If the Lord has led you uh, to uh, celebrate this event, do it. If the Holy Spirit has led you not to, don't. But at the same time, don't be putting a, a bondage, a yoke over your brothers and sisters, right? Exactly. I, our ministry is inundated every Christmas and Easter with emails from people saying, you know, what do you think of this? And you know, how dare you guys say that it's okay to celebrate Christmas? I'm like, you mean it's, you're telling me it's wrong to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ? Right. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Or Easter, oh, it's a pagan, it's Ishtar and all. Well, there were pagan elements that people tried to put into it like anything. But, you know, I worship Resurrection Day, the day the Lord was exactly. resurrected. I'm not going to not do it because someone has tried to put pagan elements into it. I just ignore the pagan elements. Same with Halloween. And, and it is a dangerous time. When you say the dangers of Halloween, I think you're absolutely right, brother. There are dangers. I, I think of, of any of the holidays that have gotten hijacked, Halloween has gotten hijacked the worst. And it's, it, there are dangers. Our children need to understand the difference between good and evil. They need to understand that Jesus conquered evil and that one day he will return and finally put an end to it on this earth. But at the meantime, there are evils and dangers out there. Now, werewolves and vampires and mummies and stuff, that's, that's all fun. We know that's not true. But there is Satan. There is that's demons. Right. There are demons, and they are the powers behind things. And we have to really take those very seriously. And sometimes by playing with the fun stuff, you know, monsters and mummies and werewolves, it can kind of pull us in to wanting to understand more about demons and, and you know, through Ouija boards and tarot cards and stuff like that. And that's when you're sucked into the, the real occult, the satanic dark side. Absolutely. We've got to protect our children from that. And Nathan, and that's exactly why I do believe we need to educate and train our children and also our, our individuals in our ministries, in our churches, because what happens is many of them are not well-educated. They think certain things are just innocent. They stop playing around with these Ouija boards and all these things, but that's actually introducing demonic warfare, spiritual warfare, and these are the dark sides of things that we really need to be careful, right? Right, and like you said, your perspective is far better than mine because you came from a background where you saw the the demonic and the the voodoo behind it, and it is very true. And evil thinks that Halloween is the best day of the year. Uh, The satanic churches have all their their parties. Uh, You know that the the paganism that goes on on Halloween is intolerable. Uh, You know, the 
orgies and the, the drinking, everything that will harm a person and ruin the relationship with Jesus seems to happen that night. So it has been so hijacked from Christianity, and we have to help our children understand the difference between what is right and good and what is evil. And some parents decide, I'm not going to do anything with Halloween. You know, I'm just going to keep my kids totally from it. That's okay. So under grace, you're allowed to. But if you want to take your kids out trick-or-treating, but help them understand what it's all about, that's okay, too. You know, it, we we live under that grace, like you said, Pastor Vic. Absolutely. You know, Nathan, uh, we've been teaching on uh, Ephesians 6 on spiritual warfare, and, of course, it's a passage that you, you guys uh, know very well. Uh, but some of the things that the Bible tells us uh, in Ephesians 6, uh, 12, it, it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, and against the rulers of darkness in, in this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness uh, in heavenly places. And we're told to put on the whole armor of God, that we may be able to withstand in that evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. And that's what we're, part of what we do, right, uh, Nathan, with uh, uh, Bible prophecy, is that helping people recognize that we are living in the last days, and therefore we are noticing that Satan is going to try to step up his attacks on the church and on the Christians, right? Exactly. Uh, the closer we get to the Lord's return, Satan knows the signs that Jesus talked about just as much as we do. He's read the Bible. He's got it memorized. <laughs> he keeps insanely going on with his plans, trying to, to overthrow God, which we can never do. But in the meantime, he's going to continue to, to try to wear us down and, and to trick us and to... Yeah to make us, uh, pull us into, if you're saved, then he's going to try to distract you from God with things. If you're not saved, he's going to keep the message of God from you. And so it's so important that we use these opportunities to share Jesus Christ. I mean, really, what an opportunity. Halloween, you've got a captured audience, you have kids coming, they want candy, churches can do outreaches. Uh, You know, it's just, there's amazing opportunities to this. And I just celebrate and praise the Lord for it. Amen. And, you know, Nate, and of course, uh, hopefully we'll be able to, uh, at, a, at another point, talk a little bit about the hijacking of some of the other holidays that we can no longer oftentimes enjoy because we don't understand how it's being hijacked. But once we understand the, the pitfalls, right, Nathan, we need to pull out and celebrate the blessings and the things, uh, hey, that we have the freedom to do so. Right, right. I, I think that's why Kirk Cameron made an entire movie that's coming out soon called Saving Christmas. Yes. Christmas had been so hijacked by secular commercialism that people are like, ah, forget it, I'm not going to worship the Lord anymore. Well, that's not what we should do. We're supposed to continuing worshiping the Lord. You know, just because it's been hijacked by certain elements doesn't mean we just give up the ship. And uh, so we, I want my Christmas back, you know. I want my <laughs> Easter back. I, I want Halloween again. I, I don't want these people taking them away from me and twisting them into something. I'm going to fight for them. Nathan, that's a great point, and I am so looking forward to Kirk Cameron's movie. Uh, again, regarding Christmas, I think it's going to be really, really cool. And what I love about Kirk Cameron is, you know, in everything, he's got the gospel message ready and clear, and he puts it in such a wonderful way that people always leave there uh, with a better understanding of Christ, right? Exactly. There, I mean, you, you got me watching these left behind old Left Behind movies again, brother. I've seen two of the three of them the last week. <laughs> you said, hey, you need to watch them again. And I was amazed how deep the gospel message is in each and every one of them, including what he promoted uh, through Way of the Master all those years. 
about how to lead someone to Christ. It's right there in the movies, you know? And, and so, yeah, he's very strong about teaching the gospel. And I think the Saving Christmas will have a really good, strong gospel message in it. Absolutely. And, you know, Nathan, talking about those uh, uh, Left Behind movies, I don't know if you remember the older ones, like from the 1960s. Remember those? Oh, no. Sorry, brother. I haven't seen those. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll send you the link to that series. Okay. But, uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> they were just so biblical, and they were so right on, Nathan, that it was really, really uh, amazing, the messages there. But then you fast forward, man, 40 years, almost 50 years later, and you begin to just see how things are lining up for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right, Nathan? Exactly. All the signs of the end times are pointing to the Lord's soon return. Amen. And, of course, Nathan, I can't believe it, but, again, we're pretty much out of time for a second segment uh, of the wow. program. But I want to thank you so much for sharing uh, boldly on the dangers of Halloween and just sharing uh, your personal views. Well, thank you for having me on, Pastor Vic. And thank you all for tuning in to That Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Our time is pretty much up, but you can always get a hold of us at 305-992-9537 or 321-N-TIME. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to talk to you about how you can begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and have an incredible day. Nathan, thank you. From Feature Story News.